Hi, James. Hi, Gabby. <laughs> we actually recorded a whole episode and then it got messed up and we don't know why audio is still so why audio, challenging. Why audio hard? Why? Why? It makes no sense. We got better mics. We got better mics. We have, we were using my brand ass new computer. We're in a soundproof van in the middle of the desert. <laughs> we drove out here. We <laughs> just get some good ambiance. We paid the troll at the bridge. Absolutely paid the troll. I gave him extra too because I was like, what I if paid he needs his this? wife, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. Maybe that was offensive. Mm. They cursed us. Absolutely. I feel like they are pretty traditional with their values. Yeah, they're like, don't give the woman money. Yeah, women don't deserve money, which He's... is what I've been saying for years. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what we're going to talk about today. We've completely, we had a peyote experience that told us that. <laughs> Money is actually an illusion that women can't see. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, now we kind of... Well, the thing is, maybe, you know, the first episode that we recorded was very, like, long. Sure, sure. It was very yeah. us figuring things out. And yeah. And maybe we'll be more concise. We think, yeah, we think it'll be a little more concrete. <sighs> Joey's awake. Um, in the last episode, Joey was in my lap making me sweat. Right. <laughs> Now I just want Joey over here making me sweat. Um, <laughs> Joey, you heard. Joey, come to mama. I heard the woman. Um, um, but today, what? We're going to talk about yearning. We're going to talk about Lana Del Rey's new album. Yes. We're going to talk about... Oh, there was something else. Men, maybe? Men. Just men just, as a concept. Yeah, men as a concept. <laughs> the construct of male. Men as the mass illusion. <laughs> the mass psychosis. Sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> and believe me, all these topics... They do fit together. They fucking fit together. Um, just you wait. So we'll start off. <laughs> um, first off, what's going on in your life? So your your BF. Yeah. Um, your cinematographer BF. Yeah. Is he's gonna be out of town for two months, which is the longest, right? The longest in a while. The longest in a long while. The last time this happened was 2019. Sure. Um, and yeah, so it happened really suddenly. He was called out of the blue with like a opportunity. I'm sorry, girl. And yeah, come here, Joey. Um, and uh, good, good girl. Good girl. Yell at me for that. <laughs> um, he called out of the blue for an opportunity, and like within seventy-two hours after like getting the script, he was on a plane. He was removed from the premises. Yes, your shared home. Correct. So we are um, Joey and I are doing you know doing it alone now. How many days has it been? That's <laughs> three. Only been three days. Okay. Yeah, but the three day, you I definitely it. hit the wall on today. This oh, yeah. morning, yeah. It's usually how it is, also, with, like, giving up a habit. It's, like, first two days, you're like, I got this. I'm so cool. And then the yeah. third day, you you crash and burn. Yeah, definitely this morning, I was, oh, you got a little itchy. What do you think you missed the most? Just waking up next to him and the company and, like, sleeping. We always fall asleep on the couch together and, like. Love that. I said to him when he left, I was, like, falling asleep on the couch by yourself, which is bad, like, sleep hygiene. <laughs> but, you know, so. Um, we were talking about this the other day of like the pleasure of falling asleep where you're like right where you are. Yeah. And how like so nice. It's just such a good feeling to be like, I can't help it. I just <laughs> totally I just sleep. I'm just so sleepy. Yeah. I just sleep so bad. Um, so it'll, it's a bit hard. And like the day before he left was very like emotional and both of us were sad. And Joey. She knocked something over. Did she? Yeah, but it just sounded like a little. Joey treats um <laughs> ASMR. Joey treat bag. Um nice. <laughs> I bet that sounds great. 
and so yeah we were very sad and it was very much like what's what's it going to be like without each other and mm-hmm. I wish I could come with you I wish I wish wish and so then that's sort of where this topic of yearning arose from is because Gabby checked in on me which was so sweet and said how are I you doing daily you do but like this like really hit because I was like I'm also so low-key excited for the point where you're just like really lonely and you're like please just sleep over for three days and yeah I'm like, of course that'll definitely happen probably next week um I'm so ready we should we could cook dinners we can watch movies I know I'm into soup then you'll get to a point where you're like Gabby can't give me everything <laughs> and then I'll have to leave <laughs> um I'm glad the soup I'm is glad good. you thought this out <laughs> I just put myself in how I would probably feel um and it's like yeah. when you go through a breakup and your friends are like we're here and yeah. you're like okay but like you're not at a certain point <laughs> are you here yeah, yeah you're not you're not giving right um <laughs> giving it all sir uh yeah so Gabby checked in and I was like I'm being baby I'm sad and then and then we turned this into a podcast episode we because like, how do we mine this yeah how do we content? mine the gold um And so, yeah, so we are focusing on yearning because that's really such a dominant feeling Mm -hmm. right now. And the conclusion we came to more organically (laughs) in the original recording is that yearning gets the most airtime in matters of the heart and romance and, oh, your lover left and, oh, there's a breakup, things like that. But it's really just like a continuous state that we're always in. Yeah, absolutely. And what was the metaphor you had? I said, James, what is your metaphor for yearning? I said that, and I do still feel this way, is like, I like your metaphor better, but when you feel like there's um, water running underground and you Mm -hmm. know it's there, but you can't really reach it, Mm -hmm. and it's like untapped potential that is like so palpable, that's so palpable you can almost taste it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like if only I could build a well yeah yeah and how would I build the well when I get the 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 building blocks or whatever you're like can I I'd much rather spend years training my mind yeah (laughs) to lift the water out of the ground than to build a well yeah (laughs) (laughs) don't you think Um, that's like a very feminine thing wanting to do like the like mental work well just to be like I could spiritually make this happen instead of yeah like yeah, I like feel like material you make. Yeah, yeah, it's easier to see like the big picture, and then men are like, "Well, how do we get the steps for it?" Yeah, like we could go get the water. Yeah, and then I'm like, "What if I wait?" I know. If I apply enough heat until it evaporates, <laughs> what um, if I got rid of all well, the, the metaphor water? I had isn't necessarily mine, and I think it's such a good metaphor because it passed through so many hands. Yeah, it's now a it's piece of pure, art. It's peer reviewed, really. <laughs> yeah, it was like minted. It was like it was it was pressed like a what is it like gold or a crystal? Right, a, a bunch of pressure. Yeah. Um, so the story is there was this psychology teacher at my high school that was an elective that was highly sought after. Like you, it was hard to get into that class. Everybody wanted that class because the teacher was a I thought there was poo on <laughs> No, I'm trying to get her in jump up. Um, they, it was this Chilean teacher who was like this little man. And he would talk about acid and doing acid. And he had this famous story of him having a stroke in Barnes & Noble and <laughs> thinking his way out of it and being fine. Insane. Um, also, I think being on acid, all this stuff. Barnes and & Noble was peak, like, early aughts. I know. 2010. I can't go anywhere. It'll, it'll really hurt me. I know. Um... But, yeah, and so everyone in that class, he would show trippy movies with, like, nudity. I think he showed Holy Mountain by Jodorowsky, and that's what made all the cool kids cool. Right. <laughs> and, but he would give out these worksheets that would be, like, draw 
uh, draw like a symbol or an image for a feeling. Mm. Um, which is tea. You know, I haven't thought about this guy in a while, but that's some real shit. That's that some is, real subconscious yeah, journeying. That. Yeah. What a great guy. And my sister's friend had his class. And one time, and this is my older sister, so they were a couple years older than me. We were at the friend's, at my sister's friend's house. And then I just saw in her bookcase, like, a, a photocopy of, from that class, she did a drawing for yearning. Mm. And it was of, like, a very, like, simple human figure with really long arms reaching towards the sky, towards a butterfly that was just a bit out of reach. Yeah. And, um... That was the symbol for yearning, and I was like, "This is so great! Like, what is this?" And she was like, "Oh, I drew that in the psychology class. My dad saw it, liked it so much, photocopied it, and kept it." I also love that back then photocopying was such a thing. You I know? know it was such a photocopy too. I still have it. It's pasted in my journal, I and it's that. just really gray and photocopyish. Yeah. Um, and she was like, "Oh, you can have one." Like there was like three, and so I took it home. I'm also not sure if I stole it or if she told me I could have it. I don't know. <laughs> pretty sure i remember there was a stack yeah it's like a, there's a few photocopies also like photocopy you know you yeah photocopy a photocopy yeah, yeah, fine yeah. could always return the <laughs> um and so i just have it and it was so great and, and i do love that image yeah. i think that's such a perfect image for yearning um arms long i just think long arms for me ever since that and then also the fever ray song that goes uh, the when i grow up by fever ray says um the face in the ceiling <laughs> with arms too long and waiting for him to embrace me. Yeah. So she has, like, long arms, probably in her bed. Yeah. There's <laughs> such an element of time with yearning, too. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's a, it really is a dimension within that word. Well, we were saying that yearning is almost, like, the default condition because as you shapeshift through life, you're always going to be yearning for an alternate condition that you've had or that you envision is possible for yourself. Right. And you even saying, like, oh, it's such a condition of time is, like, maybe it is, like, a time and space. It's the emotion of time and space. Yeah. Because yearning is the recognition that you can't control time and space. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it really is. Which hurts. It hurts so much. Would you want to control time and space? <laughs> I don't know. If, now that I say it out loud, I'm like, maybe not. Time and space. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean what would be the benefit just like well you could go anywhere oh, yeah you could do everything that's the whole thing you could yeah do anything yeah <laughs> i think i'd you know i think it'd be like pick one time or space i think as i grow up <laughs> i admire okay after this we'll check on the audio yeah um i admire the challenge of not being in control of time and space but only but i think it's like in a what is stockholm syndrome kind of way yeah yeah, yeah. Where it's where like, you're like yeah. this is my condition i, I love it yeah. yeah i can't fight against this yeah but I think that's how you gotta be, otherwise, you know. If you, I mean, if you absolutely thought you wished you could control time and space, like, that would be a torture chamber of, absolutely, like, a lived you'd, experience. Mm, you'd never get there. You'd end up on a, like, a ayahuasca cult. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. They were, like, <laughs> on the, on the rock with Jeff Bezos being, like, is this it? <laughs> I paid to get here. Yeah. Tell me the secret. And Jeff Bezos is just like really sleepy. He's like, actually, I just got a lot of investors. <laughs> it's like, hey man, I can't talk right now. I am sorry. I have to 
talking about crypto king <laughs> um but there was an ayahuasca farm not an ayahuasca like cult down the street from my hawaii lover it was fucking insane what i you never told yeah. me that well i just didn't have like the tea on it but it was like because he lived in such a tiny rural community that it's like you drive down and you'd be like oh there's there's joe in a towel you know there'd yeah, be like yeah, a guy yeah. in a towel and he'd be like oh he's one of the ayahuasca guys and you'd look and their face was just so gone how um but it was this weird like ayahuasca like place that has been there i think since like the 60s or 70s that was run by this woman that would just like give like random hippies like a free like trailer on the property as long as they like were part of the definitely commune energy yeah 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 but it was yeah never got a lot of tea on it interesting except for the towel guy who was always like sweeping the road was always in a towel <laughs> yeah he was always just in a like a towel wrapped around his waist damn but it didn't feel obscene i mean if i didn't feel like i don't i don't yeah. think of it as being obscene i just think of it being like <laughs> A little unhinged sweeping, yes, unhinged. sweeping the road yeah which i yeah <laughs> yeah what's it gonna do yeah huh. but I, I i want more information on those people yeah maybe you can <laughs> suss it out i wish i wandered on the property on accident oh you know i, I don't think i was ready is get that. the dog ball throw it over there mm-hmm. and be like sorry just kick my dad's no. ball <laughs> okay that place was like the wild west because one time <laughs> when vinicius and i like took a walk at night because there was like some drama in like the friend group and this mm-hmm. girl was like crying and we went to go find her yeah and then we did find her sooner than anything and then we were like wait but walking is fun <laughs> we like walked and all the dogs are like out with no leashes like oh, it's man. like a rural whatever and then all of a sudden these two dogs came charging at us oh, and vinicius God. is so good at training dogs he literally turned around and did the like caesar million like Shh, thing and yeah. they just like stopped in their tracks and we were like let's go the fuck home like yeah this is pitch black rule anyway have i told you the story have we told the story on the plot about getting chased by dogs no oh okay so in costa rica uh-huh. with my ex um we <laughs> we were investigating this like really trippy looking estate mm. and on the top of the estate like literally like a huge huge, huge sprawling mm. white painted house with like mm. giant balconies um there was a little uh, parapet, like a little, like a little castle, and on the top of it was a hand reaching toward the sky. Whoa, that's so huge, trippy. huge hand. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, Ugh. I was actually trying to find images of it last night. What does it feel like to live my dream? <laughs> <laughs> and so we we heard am I on your tail or something. What's up? Um, and she's like, I don't like when you talk about other dogs, but whatever. <laughs> um, oh, she wants treats. Um, so. We went to investigate because we heard that it was abandoned. Mm. And so we went and we were like, okay, we're going to walk and we're going to walk in. And then we see a sleeping pup and we're like, oh, like, that's cute. And then we see sort of another one. And then we look up and, we're, and we see this man walk out onto the balcony with like a rake in his hand. Mm. And then it seemed like he like sort of signaled and all of a sudden like, like six dogs mm. started running at Living. us from all angles of the property yeah like just like all sort of mutts you mm. know it was crazy it was so scary and then what did they do well we grabbed there was like a rake or a broom or something lying around and i can't remember if i grabbed it or if my ex grabbed it and we just started running i've never run so fast in my entire life they were chasing us off the property but like the thing with the property is we didn't know we were technically on the property because it's just like on a beach so like i didn't know like when they would stop because i didn't know like when when we should stop yeah like oh my god crazy and so like i think that my ex like threw the broom or something at some point and like it sort of like freaked him out 
Oh my but god. But we were chased. Like it was so 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 scary. I was like knowing that X and how like yeah. not masculine he was. Yeah. I mean neither of us were like ready for that situation. <laughs> but, like, just that chaos is so yeah. Yes. yeah. And we were like it was just not what we were expecting at all to happen. It felt like it was gonna be this magical, like abandoned space. Yeah. We didn't even want to like intrude, you know, we just wanted to see it up close. Yeah, it was like kind of a big accident. I guess yeah. that's why he hired his little fleet of dogs. Yeah. But we didn't know that someone was living in there. Let's see. Here, maybe let's put this underneath here because... Yeah, one of those... It's probably, like, the the drawback of having, like, a beach property, like, an open property. Yeah. <laughs> but I really... It felt like he was squatting there because it was so abandoned oh, feeling. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's even more believable. Because, yeah. 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 That's, like, that's a pretty... That's, like, free... Uh, free Britney. Free defense. <laughs> Uh, like instead of getting like a security system it's like you collect a bunch of mutts sure that's I mean that's how it is that's really like yeah that's old old timey defense yeah. system I mean I respected Same it same in Hawaii it was like that so like you got these three crazy ass dogs yeah our neighbor the air neighbor over there was constantly like breeding puppies mm. but in a pretty like if I put that show on the internet like he would have been seized yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not a snitch so <laughs> I snitch on the Hawaiian neighbor. None of your business. <laughs> but it was just like there would be seasons where I'd hear puppies crying oh for two because they would just have these like beautiful mutt puppies, and then he'd have them like outside. Would he cage. sell them? Yeah. Oh, okay. And like, then sometimes he would have like deer on leash. Like I would what? just pass by and there'd be a baby deer on a leash, and I would like want to film it or something, but he'd be like right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's just like the such a different culture. It is so interesting how like living in a city, it just <laughs> feels like you're not really. In- entitled to like your space because it's sort of like everything is shared and then when mm. you go to like a rural place everyone's a lot more like this is my property yeah. you know there's property line and you can like, see everything i'm doing yeah <laughs> it's just like and i don't feel that way about property because like yeah. you know growing up in an apartment building it's like a fucking walkway with all and, and all the renting space. yeah like it's like this is just so temporary yeah now it's so true it's a different vibe and I also found it so funny when people would, like, criticize, like, me being in Hawaii to be, like, the reality is really different, you know? Yeah. Like, the rural reality is, like, not... It's different, mm-hmm. is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Got deers on leashes and shit. Crazy. <laughs> she was crazy, man. Um, <laughs> okay, why did we go there? Ayahuasca. <clears throat> <laughs> well, um... <laughs> And an awkward cough. <laughs> okay, um, but that was not related at all. No, we were yearning. 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 Oh, Something if you about- try to, if you try to, <laughs> if you try to control time and space, <laughs> that was that was honestly akin to my teleportation question that got cut out. <laughs> More refined. Um, if you could control time and space, well, then we wouldn't even be human. This yeah, time. that's a whole different thing. That's just different. I don't even think I'd want, as a human, I don't think I'd want to control time and space. Also, literally trying to control time and space in the tiny little ways we can is, like, mm. the definition of human life. Mm-hmm. If we didn't, if we could control time and space, we wouldn't even be here. Absolutely. Like, being like, the microphone is better. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm controlling space and creating now an Now it sounds like your setup. friend is right here. Yeah. God. Um... What a sad little drag. No, I'm kidding. It's not that bad. But we were saying it's good to glorify uh, the journey. Yeah. Because (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this episode is a parody episode of ourselves. (laughs) Those are the best ones. 
that's what I <laughs> because we already went deep and then now we're like perioding that um we were too serious maybe that's what it was uh, yeah the I glitch think- was like stop being so serious yep yep like the spirit kids yes when they stop you there's this thing that <laughs> um my dad would i think i've talked about it before my dad would teach us and like james uses it now i too, do yeah which is like this concept that when you lose something and it really doesn't make sense that you lost it or misplaced it like oh you always put your keys in the same place now they're gone is that the little like spirit kids took them and that they're messing with you because they want you to stop taking shit so seriously and play <laughs> oh is that why is that yeah the vibe? that's why they say like jump three times and scream three times because oh. it's like you doing something like out of character like oh i'm playing oh, okay so um <laughs> that's what happens with our recordings okay so spirit kids so unplug funny. us and they say y'all stop talking shit okay because <laughs> how i remember that story is it's a little orphan child and he is like i do imagine them in an orphanage yeah <laughs> even though they're not necessarily and he's like just a little trickster spirit and you have That's to like please him by jumping and clapping i did that just the other day for my airpods it's kind of the same thing and for christmas stones yep yeah you guys you know it always works there's like a portuguese way but you can kind of i think it, it, it exists in different cultures too yeah the catholic there's like saint christopher saint anthony Anthony. St. Christopher is the patron saint of travel. Okay, true. Um, no, that's that's facts. <laughs> Vaccination. Um, okay, time space yearning. Yearning is the... And you said something really cool in the first run, which was that yearning got the fish out of water and onto land. Absolutely. <laughs> because if you didn't have yearning, well you wouldn't take that step. I do think yearning is a huge part of evolution. Mm-hmm. And that's really beautiful. Um, and I think... Yearn is to evolve yeah yearning is the driving force for us to like expand because we were like reaching our arms out like it's that's such a beautiful visual like expanding the arms to reach the thing about that drawing though i don't that like haunts me is that Mm. there's no like second drawing where she gets it Mm. gets the butterfly or you know like because that's not part of yearning but yearning it ends it's not yearning anymore i suppose and then if it still is yearning when you get the thing, then you know that that wasn't the thing that you yeah, wanted. Yeah, that's true. Because once you get the thing, it's... <laughs> what's the emotion? Satisfying. <laughs> the acquiring emotion. Yeah. Uh, oh, to acquire. I think yearning is really honest because I also think it's easy to live in a perpetual state of yearning. I think yearning... I mean, I don't think we should, but I think it's so easy to do that. Do what? Live in a perpetual state of yearning. Oh, totally. And, like... Because it's the natural state. Yeah, and you have to... It's, like, the very... It's a very human state. Like, the ego. To yearn is to... Yearning is very egoic. Yeah, to want. To yeah, des- desire. Yeah, to desire. Desire, yeah. Don't you feel like it's deeper than that? Like, don't you feel like there is the wanting of, like, oh, I want, like, this thing or this life that I feel like I would be happy if I had. But then there's just, like, the... Like, the yearning for freedom out of your body is kind of like is that ego i guess it is kind of i think well i think any sort of Mm. desire base like desire is the umbrella under which yearning sits and i do think yearning is a different is a different arm of that Mm. but it is still like wishing to like change and that's an ego-driven thing and yearning is not present yeah exactly exactly it's the opposite of What's well, an aspect of the opposite of presence? Mm-hmm. It's very true. Um, 
I do, I think I was saying the other one, like I f do find that yearning can be like putting yourself in a position of yearning can be a very creative experience and yeah. can be a very creatively igniting experience. And you can kind of put yourself in a position of yearning by maybe putting yourself in maybe like a lonely space or like a an empty space or, you know... I agree, with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I was experiencing yearning this morning in the shower, and I think part of that came from the fact that I'm, like, alone, mm -hmm. and it wasn't, like, romantic yearning. It was, like, a yearning for, like, expansion in my own, mm -hmm. like, world or life or whatever, mm -hmm. career. I, but it wasn't... It was just because I had the space to sort of... It's also, like, yearning comes with dreaming, which I think is really totally, beautiful. Totally. Which is why it's, like, mm -hmm. uh, again, like there's yearning there's desire there's angst they're mm -hmm. all sort of related however like yearning has like more beauty and romance to it mm -hmm. i would say yeah it's even a pretty word mm-hmm oh to yearn we oh to <laughs> today we yearn sort of celebrity uh celebrity yearning cult <laughs> name baby yearn. name yearn not bad yeah yearn um <laughs> yearn yearn Yearn. 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 What would be a good middle name? Yearn Joseph Whalen. <laughs> yearn. Yearn. But then yearn. it kind of sounds like yearn if you say it. Or urn. Yeah. Which is like which death. Death and pee. Yeah. <laughs> death and pee. <laughs> Very close to that word. Um, <laughs> um, who else is a master of yearning? Lana Del Rey, baby. Um, she had a new album. She's someone where if you want to just pretend you're yearning, even if you're not, you could turn her on. Yeah. And just be like, oh, wow, this tragic life where all my ducks are never in a row. Right, right. I love Lana Del Rey. She's fantastic. When did you first hear or get connected to Lana Del Rey? Lana Del Rey. I really connected with Lana Del Rey in senior year of high school because she, that's when... Um, video games came out yes and it was so dope and all my like friends were so like you know falling in love having she, like it was low-key for like two weeks and then it wasn't remember right like she was like yeah. it was a tumblr song truly exploded second. and it was like i remember the youtube video had like a few thousand and then all of a sudden it was like wait this is a hit song yeah yeah, yeah. and it was just so it was like perfectly timed for me and then like I remember Ultraviolence came out when I was working at American Apparel outside of up after high school, and Very I remember being like, that. but I also remember being like, damn, dude, I don't like all that reverb. Like, I remember being, like, mm -hmm. critical of it and sort of being like, what's going on? But it was also her, her second album, which is, like, you have to make a departure, but mm -hmm. she's really returned to that original thing of, like, simple uh, yeah. vocal-based stuff, but I remember Ultraviolence was very, mm -hmm. like... We're just getting into like crazy music. Yeah, it was too sounds. much for me for a while. Yeah. It was too Hollywood for me for a while. Like video yeah. games, I loved so much, and then yeah, I felt like this when she came out with an album, I didn't really care as much. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I love her more than I ever have. But I do remember she went on SNL. Do you remember that? And she got panned. Yeah. Oh, she yeah, she just was like really nervous and like saying pretty poorly. Yeah. And everyone made fun of her. But and yeah. I knew I was like. That was one of the first times I can remember having that moment where I'm just like, don't make fun of her. Like, yeah. I just was like, does nobody understand? Like, I felt so bad. Like, yeah. I was like... And now it's like, now everyone just sings to a track. Totally. Or more people do, or have, like, backing to do... She was just an easy target, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I remember becoming a fan. I was a fan of her more than her music for the longest time. And mm -hmm. I think part of it was, like, the SNL 
kind of story of me having that experience with her parasocially of like I'm rooting for you because yeah. everyone's mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I wanted her to win. And video games was just such a delightful song. It's still one of my favorite songs. Um, I did see her live at the Hollywood Bowl once with Tatiana, and she yeah. sang so great. I remember going to that and being like, "What if it's like the SNL thing? That's just mm-hmm. how she is live." And no, she was amazing. She's yeah. a great singer. Um, but in the past two years, I think I've gotten way more connected to her music, and I think it's because she's older. Yeah. And the stuff she talks about <laughs> regarding I had a lisp moment. Um, the stuff she talks about is a bit more mature, actually. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's more grounded, and, like, it is more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so the blue banisters video um which came out i guess the same day as the album i don't think i've watched it yet i would love to i haven't watched it all the way through actually because everything was going on with chris and leaving Mm -hmm. um but chris and i actually worked on that video it was that the one where you were at her house yeah james was was at lana's house everybody i was and it was a really like special experience because it was a really small crew um and chris uh shot part of it and um and she was extremely kind, like, really, really, really chill. Wasn't she surrounded by her, like, friends? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the video, it was, like, a couple of her friends, her sister, and, like, everyone was, like, just really respectful and, like, had it as, like, a creative experience, and it didn't mm-hmm. feel, like, we didn't have, like, a professional, like, AD there. Like, it was just sort of, like, okay, let's get this shot. And, like, mm-hmm. I feel good about this. And I really respected her, um, what she, she knew what she wanted from each shot. Mm-hmm. And she even said, like, I, she was like, I, which I was so sweet. She was like, as if we didn't know, or mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, I know. But she was like, I actually, like, was, uh, the first person to make my own videos and, like, put them up on YouTube. So if she you was. could, like, turn the monitor around so I could see myself, like, it really mm-hmm. helps. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking know, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, her first, like, video game, video games was just her and photo booth. Yeah, and that was really cool to see. Um, and she had a beautiful voice. Like, she was singing along to the track and she was singing just around the house because it was just a whole day of hanging out at her, at her house and doing these different shots and stuff and what um, area is it up in shouldn't say yeah no, we shouldn't say yeah <laughs> but was it like secluded it was, it was extremely secluded yeah. yeah a whole a road i'd like never seen before <laughs> um and she had like puppy german shepherds she right? had these beautiful yeah the dogs so her album cover like i was like right there when the album cover was taken oh because it was just like this photographer was there who they love working with was just there all day taking photos and at one point she's like neil can we get like the album cover and she just sat down and like the dogs came over and took a photo oh my god just like that yeah that's why we love her that's probably how i would do it yeah and it was just very oh yeah which is her with the two dogs yeah so this was you were there text and i was right on the other side of the camera basically so the image of lana in her yellow dress with her two german shepherds is one a boy and one a girl i don't know one that just looks bigger than the other (laughs) they were playing on the balcony the whole time it was so crazy they were so into it like the dogs (laughs) um and she had like beautiful beautiful home like it was just a really nice it was really nice to see her in like a really good space because you know you just sort of wonder how how people live that makes me love her more the fact that she just it looks like there's two shots it's like her spotify like uh, banner yeah. is like a different photo than like the yeah. album cover which is like edited in a way yeah and the guy had like a film camera and I think it was film and it's really her just being like this is where I'm at mm-hmm. like I'm here at my house with my two dogs it's that simple yeah 
I love that. Yeah. That kills me. Yeah. I'm looking at the other album covers. And then here's her grabbing onto a man. Norman oh, yeah. fucking Rockwell. Yeah. And then ultraviolence. I love the ultraviolence getting out of the car. Yeah, she's like, Lust for Life was like, I have hope. <laughs> yeah, Born to Die was like, I'm in Miami for some reason. Yeah, Born to Die was, Born to Die was the album that really launched me on her. Yeah, Ride. Yeah. I always like, like, a handful of songs. Like, I remember always feeling, I was like, she's overindulgent, but I like, like, these two. Yeah. And then now I can kind of get behind the adult. Oh, I love Brooklyn more. Baby. It's so good. Such a good one, yeah. Shades of Blue. So good. Oh. And that's definitely, okay, I feel like Brooklyn Baby, same thing with Dealer, is like one of the, like, one-offs mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, this sounds kind of, like, different. It yeah. doesn't sound like another. Dealer is my favorite one. Dealer is so good. Should we check on this? Um, so the thing about Lana's album is that I, the only reason I knew it was out was because one of my friends, like, shared, um, a song in their story and it was, like, incredible, and then I was like, oh my god, new Lana single, and then I go and there was a whole album, and I was like, wow, I didn't know the album was out, but that makes sense because she quit social media, like, she deleted Twitter and Instagram in, like, September, which was, like, how everyone was keeping up with her, um, because she was tired of just the constant, like, media hatred, which was yeah. on a spectrum of, like, woke shit mm-hmm. <laughs> to, like, her body. Like, people were talking shit about her face and her fillers and her body and, like, she gained weight and, like, all this stuff. But then they were also, it was also this thing of, like, oh, she's a Trump supporter, which she's not. And, yeah. like, all these issues about, um, but her cancel has been going on for a while, right? right. And we were sort of talking about how, like, her cancel has kind of, like she's kind of they've made her the symbol of an issue since the beginning of like this culture where we're talking about this stuff constantly and like making our artists responsible for it so her first criticism was her music being not feminist right (laughs) like she's a bad feminist because she like sings about like men and, and romance and being disempowered and used and things like that and in their opinion is is glorifying this experience Mm. so that was kind of her first thing was like and then she i think she wore like a headdress (laughs) Mm. and that was her first like cultural appropriation issue but she was like mad hipster back then she was actually the first person i saw get canceled i have to say for the headdress was the very first person i saw get canceled for cultural appropriation damn very first it was like what 2009 2010 wow but yeah they were like and there was a blog called lana del racist whoa and what was crazy about it was like this is when nobody knew like they were still selling costumes of like headdresses and like little outfits for halloween and like yeah the word hadn't got out yet yeah and i always felt i was like you know it's good that everyone knows now but it's like how are you how are you supposed to Mm -hmm. when it's like peter pan and like all these things say it's okay you know it's like i don't know yeah but i guess that's the way to teach everyone and she's not (laughs) the first person to do it yeah but she was yeah she was like the wrong time it's funny because I feel like post-hipster, this hipster culture, which I would say would be, like, what, post-2K yeah. to, like, 2012-ish, 2010 is when it started to, like, break apart. I would say 2012 because I remember 2010 so. I started dating that guy and he was, like, full yeah. hipster. <laughs> you know what? It's actually kind of crazy how, like, the death of hipster culture was, like, the rise of woke culture because yeah. hipster culture was, like, oh, we could do anything we want. Like, Animal Collective can go into the Amazon and, like, find a tribe and, like, record them and make a yeah. song. And everything's, like, ironic, so why are we, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was, like, just a huge grab bag of, like, expression, which was really fun, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also then there was the aspect of, like, who gets, like, is this 
like everyone it was like this is wrong and i'm right. not sure if it, i'm not saying if it was or not but like then then american apparel dies and that's the true end truly the <laughs> true end but lana del rey was like at the cusp of like she was such an in like a such a hipster and then she wore the headdress and uh years after that video it was dubbed as incorrect and mm. wrong and and then that was what video is that is that ride no i think it was born to die oh okay like i think it was like really early it was one of her first like viral videos yeah and it's just it's just one of those videos where she's like goes out in the desert and like parties sure (laughs) um she's actually the thing too is like she's come a long way like i'm thinking of like back in the day like she was honestly that's when i resonated with her the least was when she was like jack daniels in the woods right and then now that she's more of like an elegant like la lounger i like her more yeah it makes sense but yeah she definitely was like a hipster partier anyway so that was the thing then the feminist thing like oh she's a bad woman (laughs) god there are no bad women (laughs) just saying um so she was a bad woman and then except for the ones that hate other women no whatever (laughs) the lupa (laughs) just thought of some um (laughs) no um yeah and then abuse they said she glorifies abuse and like bad lifestyles i don't know that's the thing this is how i feel this is the question for me is like with art and music whatever it's like we're at a time where people are saying this story shouldn't be told because it's wrong these images shouldn't be shown because they're wrong and we don't want to make them part of the cultural narrative but Mm -hmm. a lot of those stories are actually happening yeah and have happened and will continue to happen so it's like where's the line between hey lana you can't tell a story about you know being this character in your life and being in abusive relationships um even if it's true because we just don't want people to know right you know right and it's like where does the (laughs) you know yeah totally i also think like there is something to someone like Lana telling a story and then if someone is in a bad situation being like, you know, she got through it and whatever, like, mm-hmm. she, that's not her lived experience now. Mm-hmm. It's like a past tense. But I don't, I don't know if it's a form of, like, censorship to be like, okay, don't tell those stories now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it is by definition, mm-hmm. you know, like just saying, hey, you can't do this. Okay, <laughs> speaking of censorship, um, Donald Trump announced, because you and I were like, what is he, the fuck is he up to? And then two days oh, later, yeah. there was like a news story that was yeah. like Donald Trump building a platform, like a tech platform uh, called Truth, and it's going to be social media with no censorship. Yeah. And my first thought was like, okay, they're going to have a hard time with that because the second it launches somebody on tiktok's gonna be like everyone go spam right and then it's like well are they gonna censor a bunch of trolls because they're gonna have to yeah <laughs> yeah isn't that that's what happened right no it hasn't even opened yet no i think it did get spammed oh, really i think so i'm gonna look it up i think it was like because i went on it and i i put my email in because mm-hmm. i want to like watch it happen um and it was like not a platform yet but maybe it's happened the thing is that sounds great but like i don't think trump's gonna be the one to do it i don't even know if you could trust anyone with that I don't think you can trust anyone with that. Um, I think it's too broad. But also, it's like, what? I don't know. It is kind of wild. Because if you say no censorship at all, it's like, the website will easily turn into, like, a crazy 4chan site where there's, like, torture videos and, like, child porn. Right. (laughs) That's the thing is, like, (laughs) I do feel like... (coughs) Hmm... I do think that Donald Trump having a social media platform is freaky. 
Yeah. Because you think about the, the like, power that Facebook accrued with, like, the amount of regulation that Facebook has. Mm -hmm. And, like, Facebook is, in theory, a neutral party, right? And... And then if you give that same power to someone like Donald Trump and it sort of like creates like a bonfire of people that have oh, totally. these sort of like inflammatory opinions and then if they're all able to sort of congregate it to me that is like, oh, that could actually be really crazy. Like it could actually have crazy effects. I also thinking like Mark Zuckerberg and Trump aren't that different because Facebook was started by like rating women and like Trump right. was like really big on like Miss America yep. rating. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I'm just really down to watch it go down. But yeah, I guess it didn't have I, I thought that I had heard that I don't need another platform Truth to social. go on. It's also just like it sounds like a bummer. It sounds like a bunch of like truth bummer social. people on there. It has like also the word truth. It's funny because it's such a strong word, but it's like predominantly used in I think like biblical worlds yeah. and in like weird advertising like when i see the word truth i just think of those billboards that say like 1-800 like truth jesus like right like the truth is god right um truth is isn't a word that should be like attached to a corporation because everyone has their own and um yeah a hundred percent it does it it no one can give you the truth and then like the idea of like something else holding it in terms mm. of even their name and the, their attachment to the word I think is really scary. And then when just like market the truth. It's like, also just like, I will say uh, was I talking to you about this? Like, I feel like Donald Trump just actually wants like a comedy special because everything he does <laughs> is like you know, the favorite American president was kicked <laughs> off and I just feel like someone needs to be like, hey dude, do you need like an, an hour HBO stand-up special? Yeah, you're a performer. Like, you're not. It's like, true. Just like change his, his framing of himself. Yeah. Because that's all he wants is attention. Mm-hmm. It's all he really wants. He should just be a little artist. No, yeah, even him, when I saw that he made that profile, I was like, this is, like, the perfect, like, part of your little performative narrative of, like, they hushed me, so I made my own platform. It's literally Brad Trammell. Yeah, it is. But it's, it's a, like a... With way more power. <laughs> like And, like, actuality. Yeah. So it's, like... Uh, I don't know. I just wish that someone could, like, approach him and be like, yo, do you, have you ever thought about stand-up? You know, like, can you imagine... <laughs> Yeah. How different life would be if he was not focused on the things he's focused on. <laughs> yeah, if he could perform in a performing space, like an yeah. actual performing space. Yeah, if they, like, gave him a booth at Art Basel and was like, hey, like, we all understand that this yeah. is a performance. Yeah, because he's in, in rooms where he should be in service and he's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. And that's how you know you've missed your dharma. No. He's the guy goofing <laughs> off at the food bank when he should be serving people. <laughs> He's the guy flirting with everyone. When yeah. He should be just giving food to the homeless and going home. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe we'll do a truth social um, review mm-hmm. when we can get on. Yeah, what does that even look like? I, I honestly, like, do wonder who who they paid and how much they paid to, like, design that. Also, 50% <laughs> of the country is excited. Also, do you remember <laughs> when he was like, I'm starting my own thing? Like, he did this, like right after Biden was elected and or right after he left office mm-hmm. and it was literally like a blog <laughs> it was like he just made like a blog post I never saw his blog yeah I didn't see it but I heard about it and I was like this is hilarious <laughs> but it feels he feels like an indie like artist that's like I'm starting my own blog and now I'm gonna got a web designer He's so weird it's just like <laughs> I don't know he missed uh, he clearly missed a calling um so any final words on Lana I just think 
I just like her. I love her. I have the ability to separate artists <laughs> from my own reality. I think she magnifies. I think the role of artists is to magnify emotions or conditions so big that we can see them. Mm-hmm. And she does that wonderfully. I think she's in the same room as Taylor Swift in the sense that they both show women parts of themselves they don't like in a big way. Yeah, and that also like does sort of speak to the backlash that she receives because people sort of retaliate against things that they don't like in themselves. Yeah, and when you're a woman, gosh. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, too, of, like, all the, like, male artists that, like, get away with worse things. Yeah. It's funny. We're mad at the girl who talks about getting abused. I know. That's what I was... Chris Brown still has a... I fucking know. A great career. Fucking no. I cannot... Every time a new Chris Brown song comes out, I truly, as if it was the first time, I'm like, I can't believe it. Because it's endorsing so, like... What does that tell us about the collective consciousness of women? I think it is internalized misogyny. Like, they're like, I almost kind of like that. Like, I almost like, you know... It's it's almost like women... Okay, it sounds like they let Chris Brown live. Or I I don't even... Because I think most of his fan base has to be women. He's like a guys he's like a music for women i feel like he's like a sexy boy they like do like men that many men like i don't think i've ever met like a guy that was like well they do well he does features i feel like he does features yeah like actual rap songs but he's definitely like a guy for the women yeah people aren't like listening to him to like get ready to hunt (laughs) (laughs) but i just feel like it's this weird thing where it's like okay like we were talking earlier about the he hit me and it felt like a kiss song Mm -hmm. right yes and it's almost like women feel that way deep down but they don't want anyone to say it and they definitely don't want a woman to say it mm. but when chris does it <laughs> brown chris, chris brown <laughs> when chris brown did it it was like terrible and people talk about it all the time and people hate him but like it doesn't stick and it's not as with much like attention because uh, it's almost like <laughs> Like why do women because we because we give men more of a leash and that's internalized misogyny. It's like it's upsetting. It's unfortunate, but we inherently give men more of like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're just they did that they messed up and I don't maybe I don't understand them or something. And then with Lana, it's like well if I were her, it is backwards. It's very backwards. Yeah, I don't like it because it's like if Lana feels like she should be able to express something that was very traumatic and whatever and like the real feelings about it that's one thing than like publicly doing that to someone mm-hmm. and then he had a song about it do you remember that he mm. had some sort of song that was like i remember hearing about it lightly and i forgot yeah i don't know dude it's just like there's yeah there's a lot of and azalea banks is always going off about that she's like the number one critic of like rappers and like male musicians in a Mm -hmm. way that no one else is and i'm always like she kind of gets it because she's going to the root of things like it's it's kind of like with lana i'm like yeah we should be stopping abusers not stopping the girl like singing about it right (laughs) i think that's really it and as long as that's going on you know there's gonna be a girl singing about it i think that there was charges filed against him in 2021 for further violence against women yeah Let's um, see what this is at. Yeah. And, like, with, I don't know. 
Alana kind of exists in the same world as like Courtney Love. What's funny, what was happening on TikTok is like, there's a lot of like anti Courtney Love vibes there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just so crazy because like when I was a teen, she was one of the stars. Yeah, <laughs> everyone yeah. wanted to hear about her. I don't know. I mean, I just think like I just don't want to live in a world where like stories can't be told that are happening. It's like the stories will stop when they're not happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, isn't that kind of the whole point you know and it just i think it takes way more than lana del rey to have someone stay in a bad situation <laughs> yeah i mean people people were staying in bad situations before lana del rey existed like yeah duh yeah it's worse. a it's a deep psychological thing that mm-hmm. is very difficult to get out of and i don't know i think Um, like an artist or Lana would give like a vessel to process those things absolutely at whatever degree whether you're actually in like a very toxic relationship in the middle of the woods with a headdress on right someone's hitting you (laughs) or you're like just fighting with your boyfriend and you're like making it more exaggerated in the car on a rainy day um yeah it gives you a space to do that but is she the perpetrator no I don't think so no unless you're like a very Unless you're a person that is so influenced that not even Lana Del Rey could save you. Like, right. you would walk outside and somebody would be like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you just take them on. Yeah. And I guess people are like that, right? Yeah, people can be re- like that. And, like, as we talked about a little bit in the last episode, like, <laughs> teenagers are a lot more like that. Like, teenagers yeah. are a lot more impressionable, which is sort of my thing is, like, the one thing I can say is I guess it sort of can normalize it. But, like... I've never felt like Lana Del Rey normalized. No. It, it that, she, the way she, she did it was a lot more artistic and, like, it sort of had to be, like, pieced apart and, like, mm-hmm. I never, like, listened to that song and it was like, oh, she's normalizing abuse, you know? And she provides an aesthetic. I mean, I can even say from my experience in high school, it's like, okay, there was the girls who listened to, like, Lana Del Rey and would be, like, dreamy and stuff, but, like, wouldn't get in some fuck shit. But right. it's, like, the girls that got addicted to heroin came from broken homes and, like, way deeper trauma that, like, wasn't, you know? And it's, like, I feel like people just overestimate, and if anything, it's a distraction from true problems. It's, like, who's the girl listening to Lana Del Rey and getting into trouble? It's, like, go to her childhood. Go to her parents. Go to the, that's the actual problem. Right. The girl who had a stable childhood listening to Lana Del Rey is just fucking in a cute dress yeah. and tights like yeah looking <laughs> having a photo shoot you yeah. know and that's yeah i think that's a fact yeah <laughs> um and to say it's it is a distraction i mean the more i think about it it's like let's go after lana del rey you know as like the interpreter of this micro she's easier she's easier to take down than you know chris brown <laughs> well women are always on women's asses yeah but not even Chris Brown, even just like the giant cloud, which is what makes people traumatized and act out and mm-hmm. not do the right thing. And in this case, she's like a scapegoat too. for yeah people's actual issues that are like very much in you know deeply seated into there. And how Lana can't fix patriarchal issues, like we said. Yeah, <laughs> that's like such a big thing for me. I also just feel like someone who is... They're victim-blaming her. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, she is also, like, everything about the way that she's lived her life is, like, that of an artist, and she's never, like, pretended to be anything other than that. 
And I think something that we're like standing to lose is like art as just like a pure medium. And I also think people wanted her to break down and say, no, actually that life was terrible. Yeah. And it just wasn't true for her because, and that's another thing I see with like the sort of, that's what people want is people want someone to have some experience that can go either way for certain people it could be really bad for some it could lead them down a really bad road and for other people it can be this kind of like you know maybe in her case more of kind of like a a place a muse for her and they want her to come out and say oh it seems so beautiful and i made all these videos about this lifestyle but actually sucked and some you know yeah and she's just not doing that yeah because she's given that lifestyle a role for her art this whole time and why lie and pretend that like (laughs) and also like look at her work now like her work isn't doing the same thing absolutely she's evolved and so i feel like it's it's like Mm -hmm. unfair to like you know try to take her down for stuff that was she wrote probably when she was a teenager early 20s yeah she went from like the campsite to like the ballroom yeah and like (laughs) i think i think she's just in a different like space and i just love artists No, you know, like, even you saying that, it's like, yeah, we have watched her grow up, and I forget that. Like, I think about Lana now, and I think of what I'm hearing now, but it's like, yeah, she was, like, in her freaking headdress era yeah, by a campfire, like, on a tire swing, being like, I'm in cowboy boots, and I'm free, and, like, she got over that, and it's like, the music speaks for itself. Yeah. But the issue is that fans know that, and non-fans don't know that. They're just looking for, like, a fight. Yeah. (sighs) So the key is, just be a fan so that you you know everything. (laughs) <laughs> be a fan about everybody it's also like you'd have to be a fan of Lana Del Rey for her like music to affect you that much but if you were a fan you understand like the narrative arc right and know that she isn't just like wallowing in one place yeah I don't freaking know man I just feel like I also didn't know that the Lana thing was that aggressive. Like, I didn't know people were coming after her that much. I don't think it's as bad. It's like, I call it, like, the weird effect of, like, you don't know what's happening until the artist admits that they're affected by it. Yeah. And I think of all the cancels I would have never heard of if the person receiving the criticism, which is usually just, like, 5% of their audience and it's not even their fans. It's, like, random, like, free radicals. (laughs) I'm loving that word. You know what that means? Yeah, it's like a uh, physiological term. Right? Yeah, it's like a cell that like doesn't have any like. Free radicals are like cancer causing. Yeah, like yeah. they just have no. Yeah. They're just the bad. They're just they're, they're bad boys. Yeah, just running around with no intention. Anyways, <laughs> but they're just like non-fans. That is a like, great like analogy. I know I wanted to keep happening. I don't think I came up with it. I feel like I've heard it. Um, and. And then, yeah, and then she writes a note that says, now that this, like, let me be this. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I was just enjoying your music, and so is everyone else. And your yeah. concerts sell out. What are you talking about? But it does. it is a struggle. I think it's really hard because as an artist, it's like, I think people are under this impression. I see this happen all the time with cancels where they're like, well, she's still selling out stadiums, and she's still making money. Why is she mad? And it's like, well, this person didn't get into artistry because they wanted to sell out stadiums and make millions. It's because what's most important to them is their voice and their story and being able to tell it. Right. So when they get so affected, even I'm seeing with like the Chappelle stuff, it's mm-hmm. like, I looked at his response yesterday. I'm like, everyone's saying he's not canceled. He has millions of dollars. And it's like, well, to him, he's canceled because that stuff's just a side effect of his deep urge to express himself, yeah. you know, and like yeah. whatever that means. And like with Lana Del Rey also, it's like, that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Like it affects her so much because that's her like lifeblood is to get on yeah. make an album about her last situation yeah 
Yeah, and I that I think that's why I really respect her going off of Instagram. Mm-hmm. But like we talked about this in the last thing, and I've been saying this, but like it felt really chilling seeing that happen, where she like decided to self censor and like mm-hmm. remove herself because it was like she hadn't even reached a point where like people were chanting in the streets. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it just felt like people are feeling just hampered Mm -hmm. and like unable to artistically express themselves because they fear backlash whether it's made up like somewhat made up and like somewhat like you know what's gonna happen the Mm -hmm. anxiety of it it's still um i just wonder where we're gonna go and if more people are gonna do the same thing but that being said like she's still created an incredible album Mm -hmm. and like sometimes you do need to take yourself out of the mix to do that and i think like historically it doesn't really serve a lot of people to always be interfacing while trying to create. Yeah, totally. And that, of course, made me, like, love her more. Just, yeah. like, her taking her album cover casually in the yeah. house. Like, it's wild. Um, okay, so we wanted to have, like, <laughs> a men moment because we felt like it was going to be related in a more fluid way. But it's <laughs> kind of just popping up. But Lana Del Rey, and I also would say, like, Taylor Swift, and, like, pretty much, like, everyone, but, like, them mostly, I think they trigger a lot of women because their main subject matter is the men in their lives mm-hmm. and processing them. Yeah. But that's also, like, what we're all doing romantically, <laughs> you know? And right. And men are processing their loves and everyone's processing their partners. But I don't know. There's something so triggering to, like, whatever feminism is, like, you're supposed to never let them take you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is, like, completely unrealistic. I know. And I I actually caught this, like, long ago, and I can proudly say I never became, like, a man-hater because I was like, how does that benefit me? I know. If I'm attracted to men, am I, what, I'm setting myself up for a life of perceptively hating my sexual reality that I enjoy? Like, I just didn't make any sense. Yeah. And, like, I think there's a big difference between being, like, critical of the patriarchy and understanding, like, certain themes, which are actually really easy to understand. It's very factual to be like, oh, well, a lot of content showed me this archetype and this archetype in men versus women, and this is why men are like this, and, like, yeah, you know, and then you can recognize who's unpacking that, who's not, and that's, like, a whole sideshow to, like, carrying this energy or making content. Like, I see so much, like, TikTok content of, like, people being, like, all men are like this, or, like, mm. let me show you what these men said to me on Hinge, and, yeah. like... It's like, okay, like, it sounds like we're just adding to the fire that right. doesn't need to be there. It's furthering a narrative that is, like, divisive. Yeah. Which, of course, you know, never, you never really get anywhere when you can't <laughs> get close. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. I feel, I'm grateful <laughs> that, like, I do think it also, like, really stems from, like, your experience with your parents. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just, leaves such an impression and, like, thankfully like growing up my dad was very like supportive and, and stable mm-hmm. um true and yeah like and then even like in recent years when things have become less stable it's yeah. like shattered some illusion of that too i think mm-hmm. but i think that um i've also just like always sort of appreciated some aspects of like how men are and, oh, yeah, they teach me so much. Yeah. Like, and I was I think, like, yeah. yeah. And I think that, like, that is something to be respected. And there is, like, a balance, you know, that is held up with, like, the energy of men. And there, that can't be denied, you know. And it's also it makes me, when I 
don't fall into the trap of being like men versus women Mm -hmm. i see how much of myself is actually more like a man Mm -hmm. and i can understand myself more because i'm not constantly seeing like oh that's a feature of a man and that's a feature of a woman it's like these are just features yeah (laughs) and one has been more so like pumped into like a certain gender but that's also a you know an illusion correct yeah but it's like if i can kind of sit back and be like well i can learn from any gender any anyone because we're all people (laughs) yeah that has heightened my life yeah absolutely and i when james and i were like is this like a pick me topic but it's like no because you and i have all of our best friends are female i'm never i don't have issues with women yeah i really don't like i have issues with like the collective consciousness that like right stones lana del rey before chris brown (laughs) yeah or you know who it's constantly pettily canceling pettily canceling each other in a way that men never do um but in terms of like interpersonally like i just i don't have jealousy issues love my girls i could be in a room full of women and love that shit totally (laughs) i i totally agree um but (laughs) um (laughs) she's just snorting in your direction yeah um but yeah so we should should we just go through a couple of our favorite things about what what have you learned what have you learned from men that you like um well this is something you and i both you wrote down but like this is like my main thing which Mm. i'd love to unpack which is just like men don't have as much of a tendency to to like gossip or Mm -hmm. be petty and like the men especially in careers in careers mm-hmm. and the men that i see that are that way are like guys are like dude what's up with that yeah you know, like, they're like, ostracized there's sort of a recognition of like dude fuck that guy yeah. a little bit which is like kind of crazy to see because men are a lot more simple in that it's just like yo fuck that guy or like mm-hmm. dude's okay you know like but yeah it's or like, just, like i don't really fuck with his personality but like we're working on this project yeah like <laughs> we're gonna get through it because like we're all here to like get this thing done yes we're here you for know? The, the project i was thinking about that and i was I, I don't know if i read this somewhere it was like my psychology class but like on a primal level it's like women apparently were like team building through talking more mm-hmm. and also like women say like double the amount of words a day than men do apparently like this is all like facts yeah um facts. and they also say this is interesting with uh they said that if you're if the if you have two parents from a foreign country if your dad is from the foreign country you won't learn the language like if you're like Ooh. an immigrant but if your mom is you definitely will because mm. women talk more and they'll talk to you just about daily things yeah and it is true because it's like I didn't learn Portuguese too well from my dad at all because he like hardly speaks. Yeah, um, it was only on my own or like when I went out there and like learned from my cousins. But my mom didn't make a point to teach me German. But it's like I know casual words around the house because right. of her. Even I do. So <laughs> yeah, because yeah. she's just like talking. Yeah. Um, but I think about that and I'm like team building and survival for women was probably way more like communicating based and like right. team building was like oh we're over here and yeah. then men was like who's all going together to do this mutual thing that we have to do because we're the builders and the creators yeah and it's so nice but now it's not like that yeah women are have industries have jobs to work on together have things like that absolutely but i do think that like from what i've seen it's interesting how sometimes women can like take a, like a simple project and then all of a sudden there's all of these different things going on and like Emotely. all these dynamics <laughs> yeah and, like, dynamics and like men are a lot more like someone oh. doesn't feel heard right exactly <laughs> and like 
and there has to be a lot more of like we are building interpersonally before we can build on the project yes and then men are like okay let's just get this done Mm -hmm. and like then there is growth and like getting to know one another through that process like the the um (laughs) the project supersedes everything you know Mm -hmm. it's a uniting force Mm -hmm. whereas like I feel like in some experiences I've been like the the project has been divisive because Mm -hmm. like oh we have different ideas and like whatever and like do you also think it's like a scarcity mindset which also speaks to like the the unfortunate patriarchy where it's like men feel like they have everything like they can work on a project and not i mean they do get competitive but yeah they like there's so much room for that point where it's like this is our project like this is the shot like this is i am the female filmmaker we are the all girl band at the show like right and i think that whether people are aware of it or not is probably what fuels all of it Mm -hmm. it's like oh we have to be way more competitive because there's actually less slots for us yeah yeah, Which yeah, is, yeah. you know, too bad, but it's also, like, it kind of makes it worse when you're not aware of that. Yeah. Because it's, like, Because then it's, like, anything. oh, we have to, like, we can band together and do this really well and get through it because this is a limited opportunity, mm-hmm. so we should really, like, unite. Yeah, and scarcity energy, it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a bunch of people being, like, hey, we recognize that this feeling, which is not our fault, is making us act out in this way how do we take something from the men and win this game? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, your band's here, my band's here, fine. Yeah. Cardi B and Nicki Minaj do not rap the same at all. Not they do not have to be all. fighting, and people do not need to be pitting them against each other. Yeah. Um, That's something that I love about Cardi B, is she's like, let's bring Megan the Stallion in. Yeah, let's she do doesn't, this thing. Yeah. Like, she's not... Yeah, she's, she's collaborative. She's good at what she says. Yeah. And even with Nicki when they were fighting, she was like you're one of my biggest inspirations and i've always said that yeah <laughs> yeah and she was like don't ruin your legend status yeah. i really love Nicki minaj though i think she's gonna have a big comeback <laughs> you're more connected to her than i am. i just it's, it's newer <laughs> for me because i always knew her popular stuff and i have that like moment for life is one of my favorite songs but like i started listening to like old stuff and i was like i've been like <laughs> yeah. i've been missing out yeah um what else yeah that's a thing and like it's also- commitment to a project and being like straightforward about it mm-hmm. because my thing is like yeah it's not women's fault that there's a scarcity feeling that there's a competitive no, feeling not it's not their fault but like i feel like people stop there where they're like it's because of the patriarchy and this is why it is and like but it's like no we can just make life better for everyone mm-hmm. you know and like make more collaborative collaborative spaces for women that don't feel yeah and for me it's like even with size women it's like how is all the drama from like it's always women who want to like you know cancel you and put you in their story and make themselves look better in comparison to you and it's like you can't look beyond it you know and it's really hard because you know women are like you have to always be the perfect women woman and like totally. you know i get it like it's like lana versus chris brown it's right. like in some ways chris brown was forgiven as like oh you just had a temper you know mm-hmm. with lana it's like right like, how dare you put that thing on that right. was fine at the time right. <laughs> we're never gonna forgive you you yeah. know it's insane yeah also you talked about this at the met gala which i thought was such a good take which was like everyone we were talking about that was being criticized were women for being there yeah and then the men got to just be in like tuxes in the shadows probably with like triple the amount of money and like triple the donation yeah absolutely (sighs) that's the thing it's just like when i know that i'm just like i just want everyone to be okay (laughs) (laughs) i just don't want to like like it's just annoying like so much of like the collective like womanness is naggy i hate to say it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah and it's like to each other yeah and i'm like why are we doing this it's like i get it i really do 
Like, why are you canceling, like, some girl influencer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, let her be a crypto queen. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, like... I don't really know where... I mean... Scarcity mindset, for sure. Scarcity mindset. But there's more than that. Like, there can only be one, or, like... Well, the, and the scarcity leads to jealousy, because it's, like... If that person has that thing, I can't have it, mm-hmm. and now I want it, and I'm jealous, and I'm envious. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. Also, what I read about jealousy and envy recently that I thought was so true is that, like, jealousy is something that you only feel if someone's in, like, like just you feel like you're steps away from their reality, as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, oh, like, you know, I won't feel jealous of... Um, some superstar actress because it's like i'm not trying to be an actress and like i don't like know her and like i'm not in her friend group but if like let's say that's why influencers are so easy to cancel because you look at them and you're like she's just blogging her life she's just her and i go to the same gym yeah Yeah, and like and then the jealousy and like the intensity is closer and the scarcity is closer because you feel like you are sharing resources or sharing a world or sharing a potential audience sharing a potential audience sharing a potential income all of that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah the influencer realm is is so close so close yeah yeah and even like you know artists like lana who are like you know but like i said it's always women like men get to sort of feel out of reach i mean i guess like kanye was deeply affected i don't know i mean kanye and lana are similar to me in the sense that like their cancels happen but their fan base is so strong because they're strong artists yeah absolutely they're just hard feelers (laughs) (laughs) so they get mad about their cancels yeah um scarcity okay back to men yeah and i just i really value for me and i'm very picky with my female friends and it's like i can say all my female friends are people who are not jealous people and if they feel it they talk about it in a way that's like shadow worky you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and like even myself like who don't who are aware of that potentiality and don't want it to be a reality yeah and that's why i think shadow work like that is so important because it's like if you pretend you're like a girl's girl and you love everyone and you hate men it's like i don't really trust you because you're not being honest mm-hmm. with yourself like you're attracted to men so you do love them you want something from them Let's start there <laughs> yeah and if you love men and you want them you're going to be always a little bit competitive with other women in some way but if you don't admit that mm-hmm. how are you ever going to not be <laughs> yeah you know how are you ever going to like change the triggers yeah um definitely another thing that i <laughs> i think i love about men <laughs> um what was my favorite? Oh, my favorite with is solution-based thinking. Oh, That's yeah. something that I've 100% learned from men as mm. well as, like, I feel like, and I, I saw this really apparently when I had this moment in Hawaii, actually, where there was a lot of drama with this girl, and it was, like, it was like me, this girl that was part of the friend group, and then um, my boyfriend at the time, and then my other friend who was also a guy but very gay but also like still like has a solution-based way with things yeah in a way that like he was it was like a big spectrum of people <laughs> i feel yeah. it was like a very manly man a gay man me who's like i think just like has manly qualities sometimes and this girl that was just like fully in her like wallowing feminine and so she was having a hard time not having good days and she just kept like crying and like obsessing and like trying to figure out what was wrong and like nothing was like factually structurally wrong other than she just felt uncomfortable 
in her life and had issues with her mom and like wasn't happy but there was nothing we could do like we weren't therapists (laughs) you know there was nothing but except for just being like we can just be here for you and I'll never forget like I was so familiar with what she was going through and kept being like what do you need and like giving her hugs and like letting her like cry all the time and the two guys were like what do you need (laughs) like what do we do what should we do and in their heads there was always there was a solution to be found yeah and with her it's like she just wanted to wallow and I see that in relationships too where it's like and I've been that person many times, which is why I understand it is like you kind of you have this like bad feeling and you want someone to kind of like save you out of it or like but you don't invite someone to create a solution for you. You yeah. kind of just like have an issue and like wallow in it and talk to everybody about it. And then you have these like brunch dates and you're talking to all your friends about your troubles and your boyfriend doesn't understand how to help you. And I had this moment with one of my exes where it really clicked where like we had this like thing it was like some kind of disagreement or or something was going on that kind of like was steadily had an issue and I feel like it never ended until finally I was like just make me a playlist I was like just make me a playlist about this about how sorry you are (laughs) and he was like thank you (laughs) and he was so grateful and he made the playlist and I really feel like that put a period at the end of the like it was just like an embodiment of the ending yeah and he just didn't think that that's what I needed you know or like in other cases it's like just make me a dinner like or something like just do this and I think men appreciate that a lot and they're very solution-based with everything yeah and I think that's like the men versus women trope is really that you know is like women feel unheard but they're speaking a language that's not a solution-based language yeah 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 it's more abstract and men are very like concrete yeah um, in their yeah in the way they perceive things yeah they just want it to be over (laughs) yeah you know yeah they they like view it as a project where it's like how can we take the steps like complete the project which is making you feel better yeah exactly yeah yeah and then somebody feel like oh they're rushing they're disregarding it's like no i mean everyone should want a solution you know yeah and that's something I learned from men too is like solution-based thinking has changed my life in the sense of like I'm like oh there are ways to solve things you know mm-hmm. oh I'm feeling low energy why don't I look into B complex and a better caffeine thing and maybe I should work out in the morning you know mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like why is this like this and why do I have a body and you know mm-hmm. which is so easy for me to get into mm-hmm. because I am a woman <laughs> yeah but that taught me a lot like I really love men for that one for teaching me that one yeah absolutely and just in my communications with people. It's like, now I just want to be like, make me a playlist. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Make me a goddamn... <laughs> Sew me a sweater. Sew me a... Yeah. <laughs> you wanna, I, I really want to challenge you. <laughs> Learn some knitting. Make me a scarf. <laughs> and have it at my door by 5 p.m. Lol. Um, um, yeah, absolutely. I think something that's big for me is like... The yeah. like ability to just be somewhere and be in silence or like be in like silent appreciation of things oh yeah like they're just kind of (laughs) like just chill in there yeah yeah which is really nice and then later you're like oh are you okay and they're like yeah yeah (laughs) you're like oh it's funny yeah yeah i actually had a moment with chris really recently where i was like i really love how we can just like sit in silence and it's really nice because we can go somewhere and like yeah just be in silence together and he was like yeah it's actually so nice that we can yeah. just like he's like i just love sitting in silence with you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i had that i had that with hawaii guy too and he was so masculine i would think about how great it is because i think people get tired of each other when they're too obsessed with sharing moments mm-hmm. when in reality no moment is 100 percent shared because yeah. you know each person has their own thoughts and like 
perceptions of what's going on, even if it's just as simple as like a walk. And it's just like to have that those silences and be able to just exist next to each other is like it's like a comfortable distance. Yeah. It's like a healthy distance. Yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. And then you don't need to freak out one day and be like, I need a break because you've had a bunch of breaks. <laughs> there's also like I will say there's a difference of vibes where like if you're with someone that it isn't going well and they're silent, then I can just be like, dude, like we have nothing to say. And mm-hmm. like it is weird. Like, there is silence that can be weird. Totally. And, like, if you're in a situation and you feel like that's the case, then you should probably trust that instinct. Like, don't take <laughs> this podcast as being like, this is good. Because I remember I was once, like, dating someone. There would just be lots of silences. Yeah. And I remember just being like, I can't think of anything saying anything to say. And, like, it feels like I should. And the fact that I feel like one of us needs to fill this void is because mm. there wasn't like energy existing in in the space but don't you between think us that's the issue itself is like because you and chris trust each other and love each other a silence isn't felt as like an attack because how could it be whereas like with someone that you don't really trust and love in the first place it's like the silent is silence is probably as innocent as innocent as a silence with someone that you love and trust that's what i'm saying yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. like it and trust is energy loves trust yeah Fox, man. Yeah. Energy, yeah. Energy is everything, period. <laughs> period. What else? 20 more minutes. Oh. Um, totally. Anything else? Are we wrapping it up? We could. Okay. We could talk about, like, that last one, which I guess maybe... Yeah, let's do it. I guess from another thing for me was, like, I felt like I... My dating style and also what I want out of relationships especially right now is not what I was taught to want from relationships from like you know romantic comedies and like women-centered media especially like things like sex in the city and like a lot of like 2k content was always like women date to find a husband Mm -hmm. and they don't like sex right and like men just want sex and if you're lucky you'll trap one that won't use you yeah I just like don't I haven't had that reality reflected back whether all of those things were just kind of like an exaggeration that wasn't true or culture has actually changed right but i just feel myself more as like someone who dates like a man in the sense that i just like love the experience of it i have a lot of fun with it i genuinely enjoy sex and i don't have it to get love like people will be like women have sex to get love Mm. i remember thinking that was the truth for a while because i was told it was and i was like no it's it's factually pleasurable yeah (laughs) um and i just think that was interesting and when i would look it was almost like I was confused where I stood on that spectrum of like, who do I have to be as a woman? Because I don't really get it. But then seeing how men did things, I was like, oh, I relate to that. But you also were, and obviously not all men are the same, not all women are the same. Some people like those constructs, but it was more apparent in male media and like how they were portrayed in, you know, films and stuff. And then just like men around me just were more relaxed and like it felt like every interaction was yeah. open. Mm-hmm. Like they could go on a date and or something and it was just open. It was like, oh, I don't know what could happen. She seems really cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then like with women, it'd be like, okay, he's really cute. And I like looked at all his things and like, what if this and what if that? And it's like, it's, but that's something that I don't think most women want or are actually like. That's just how they were taught to react. Yeah. And like try and control the situation in that way. So that I was it's really so helpful. it's very tiresome to like go on a date with someone and always wonder if like they're the one. I know, and that's what we're supposed to do, but yeah. it's not really I don't know, that's just not really like an airtight thing. I mean, ask any like old lady and yeah. they're not gonna tell you like <laughs> the one. Yeah. They're gonna say get sick marry rich. <laughs> Literally like so many grandmas I think have said like like money over love, like things like that. I know. I remember my mom being like, I thought this one song was so romantic, and 
yeah, I don't know anymore. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. but that was, I just think that's great because, like I said, it like it's mostly women pitted against men in, like, the dating scene. But it's, like, what if you zoom out and you're, like, if these were just, like, amorphous blobs and gender wasn't real, like, who, what actions do I resonate with more? Right. And then you just start relating to, like, the dude in the romantic comedy and you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think taking things with without, like, a lifetime of burden mm-hmm. is really important. <laughs> like, I was thinking, in, like, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, like, I've always related to Javier Bardem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to have the villa. Yeah. And invite people to it. Yeah. It's, yeah, and, like, dating, like, things, I just think a lot of things that could be fun and easy are packaged as hard and suffering and unfair two women right and then they don't get to enjoy them until they like tap into that awareness of like oh like there is this other way to have this experience yeah you absolutely know? whether that is silence or sexuality stuff or um even career, career where it's yeah, like what i'm not gonna being. like fit into a box mm-hmm. because like some group of people might tell me to yeah i'm not gonna like hate other women in my field and try to find what's wrong with them and yeah wage a political war when I, I find the space to so that I can win yeah <laughs> and so that I'm pure you know yeah it's true and yeah with that being said it's like this is interpersonal and like the patriarchy is still real it's yeah it's very yeah, real we're not it's in all, denial of that it's not our fault that we have internalized misogyny like <laughs> even like i'm the amount of times that chris will check me on my internalized misogyny <laughs> is insane can you give an example or is it no um i'm trying to think oh i was talking well the first time was i was talking about my old job and i was saying like oh yeah like um what was it i was like i i sort of just play along and um do what they like expect me to be Mm. and he and i was and then he was like but what is that or something Mm. and then just recently i was talking about like this extended family member that i was having drama with and i was like well she always had this image of me and like um but i broke i if anything i would do at this point would break that and he was like but but who is that for? What is that? Mm. And it, but it was this thing of like I was holding the image of me t- yeah, still too. Totally, totally. And like, even though that other film member was also a woman, it was like sort of a misogynistic view. Mm-hmm. But it's like these things where I'm like, oh, that person has that image of me, and and he's like really quick to be like, don't you still think that that person has a valid image? Like you're acting yeah. like that person's image of you is valid. Yeah. When yeah. it's not. Because that's, like, a misogynistic view where it's, like, yeah. you're being funny. You're, like, you're being... <laughs> you're a funny girl. Yeah. You know, it's, like, we talked about in... It was that episode, what was it called? Like, a femme fatale and a girl next door walk into a bar or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> or something. <laughs> just something like that. Nails' caption. <laughs> that's a great episode that we did. Um, is like... What was I saying? Oh, that was, like, another of us processing that. And I also feel like the shape-shifting stuff that I'm always talking about is, like, that was rooted in, like internalized misogyny of being like which woman am i yes absolutely and it's like the thing is is like that stuff exists but i'd rather be so confident in my awareness that it exists and i'm overcoming it Mm -hmm. and now i'm at the point where it's like when i meet like even men like the fucking first hawaii guy who was like had me in like the femme fatale trope and i was like dude like you're blind um it's like i just see it as like stupidity like Mm -hmm. i don't even see it as like oh the man is winning or like the patriarchy is winning like 
I just see it as like, okay, I'm around like a, just a dumb human being. Yeah. You know, whether that's like a woman or a man, like it's like. Or someone who hasn't been given the opportunity to learn. Yeah. Because there are people, I'm not like. What no, I, I, no, I mean, that's like the really like conscious way to say it. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, totally. But because the thing is, is that if you, I'm just so careful to not be like, oh, all men, like men are like this. Because like I said, like, what is, what bed am I making? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of being like this person just didn't get the shape-shifting bug yeah 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 <laughs> they didn't get bitten by the the vastness yet oh it happens um truly good stuff we need more water yeah okay that was intense that was intense probably a couple hours too yeah um <laughs> so he's looking at me with a side eye like y'all just sit here <laughs> yeah it's almost four you guys i got here at ten thirty today and it's almost four yeah we had we just like took our time ordering food and then do you want sushi oh maybe i want some hand rolls i was online and it's like they don't just places that have hand rolls will always cut them up when they're being delivered and i'm like no i love crunching into seaweed. i know i know because it's probably not as good like delivered a delivered hand roll or whatever. Um, well, I hope that was fun. <laughs> I'm so sleepy. No, I'm not sleepy. I'm, I think, t- thirsty. We, well, we just did two pods, essentially. I know. And so. then, like, yeah, we were, we were, like, referenced the old one. Like, it was, like, episode one for us only. Um, welcome, to, welcome to the 60s, everybody. Um, so, yeah, have a great day. And have a great day. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, remember that there is a vastness within all of us and you're a custom character yeah okay bye <laughs> screams in a cup i actually can't end it because did you ever scream in a cup when you were a kid yeah that's some crazy shit yeah it is yeah, I did. there's too much space in mine <laughs> oh that woke up the dog <laughs> the dog okay it's done